All right, I should be coming through loud and clear. I have not lost my mind today. I have not lost my mind. I have. We are talking about character under construction. And so what we have um, for today, we are, for the next four weeks, we are going to be in a construction zone. In a construction zone. And so I haven't lost my mind because I'm on the construction crew right now. I got my vest on, I got my Tims on, my boots, my jeans, because I'm in the midst of a construction zone. And how many of you know that when you're in a construction zone, it's dirty, it's, it's, it's nasty, and sometimes it's like you can't wear your best outfit. You have to come kind of dressed so that you can get dirty and don't worry about messing something up. So that's what we're going to be doing for these next four weeks is we're going to be getting dirty. We're going to be getting down into the weeds of things. We're going to really begin to dig up some things with character under construction. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we praise you. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord, for the word that is coming forth on today. We pr- I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You are my Lord, my strength, and my redeemer. Um, and Thomas, I'll take control. I'll take, I'll take. Um, let's read our, our, pick up your Bible, whether it's on your phone or whether it's on your, your um, whether you brought your Bible. And lift it up real high. We are going to make this confession. It says, this is my Bible. Read it with me. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. It, the power to transform my faith, my family, and my future. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me do that again for my benefit. It says, this is my Bible. I believe what it says. It has the power to transform My faith, my family, and my future. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Praise God. Praise God. Um, When we think of construction, um, they just built six new houses around around where I live at. And if you want to follow... um, or look at the, the, the sermon notes, you can definitely download our church app and pull them up on your church app. Um, and that way you can follow along with us, those who are watching us via Facebook. Um, when, when we look at building a house, the first thing that is laid is what? The foundation. The foundation. And so today... We want to lay the foundation. We want to look at the foundation. Maybe uh, um, the foundation has been cracked, and we'll discuss the importance of the foundation at, uh, later on through this message. But we want to talk about the foundation. Let's look at Ephesians 4:22 and 24. It says, "Take on an entirely new way of life." A what? Does it say just halfway? Entirely new way of life. Um, And this is the message uh, translation. And it says a God-fashioned life. Not fashioned by people, not fashioned by your desires, but a God-fashioned life. Okay? 
And it says a, um, a life renewed from where? The outside? From the inside working its way where? Into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. So it says take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside, working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. So it's God that is going to reproduce his character within us. God desires to reproduce his character inside of our inside of us which in turn it will work itself on the outside and how we deal with people um so what is character um when you when you think of character somebody just raise their hand and tell me when you think of character what do you think about anybody somebody personality okay what else integrity okay truthfulness integrity anybody else yes ma'am Loyalty, okay. What else? Behavior, okay. Morals, okay. Anybody else? So those, when when we think of character, we think of we said integrity. We uh, talked about uh, uh, morals. We talked about honesty. Um, um, your character. I mean, your um. What did you say, Sister Regina? Your behavior. So. Those things, when we look at someone and we see their behavior, if we see that they're being nasty or whatever, what do we say? We we look at them and say they have a nasty personality. Okay? Um, So let's look at the definition of what character is. It's the mental and moral quality. Somebody said morals. Sister Nikki said morals. Um, distinctive to an individual. The character of a person consists of all of the qualities they have that make them distinct from other people. So your character makes you distinct. Everything that you are comprised of makes you distinct from everyone else. Gabe, you're not like me and I'm not like you. What you do is different and that makes up your character. That makes you who you are. So when people see Gabe responding in a different way, that's him. That's his totality of who he is. It makes him unique and different from me. Let's look at um, another thing. Abraham Lincoln said character is like a tree and reputation is its shadow. The shadow is what we think of it. The tree is the real thing. Let me repeat that. Character is like a tree and reputation like its shadow. The shadow is what we think of it. And the tree is the real thing. So in other words, when people look at you, they say that you have a reputation for truthfulness. When I used to work into... Um, when I worked into, uh, in the courtroom for the military, one of the, one of the pieces of defense when, when a person was on trial, um, one of the things that, that they could bring forward as part of their evidence was their character 
for truthfulness or their character. They could bring forth character statements. They could bring people that could say who they were. Oh, he's a kind gentleman. He's nice. Oh, he's trustworthy. No, I've never seen him do X, Y, and Z. Uh, uh, What they're trying to do is bring forth evidence to prove what his acts actually were. Y'all following me? So in other words, when people see you, they see what you do and they develop a reputation about you. They develop a reputation about you. Let's, uh, character is gauged by general tendencies, not just on the basis of a few isolated incidents or actions. So, for instance, um, going back to a legal field, um, when a person commits a crime and if they go to jail, they look at what? They look at their record and they say, oh, they're a first time offender. Am I right, Brother Richard? They, they say he's a first time offender or she's a first time offender. And so what happens is because they're a first time offender, the sentence or they may not even get sentenced at all. They may, you know, be whatever, uh, um, just let go or or no sentence or probation or whatever. But when you become a repeat offender, the sentence is a little bit harder. And so what they look at, they look at your record and say, oh, yeah, this is just not one isolated incident. This is this is who he really is. He's a habitual thief. He's he's a he's a liar or with speeding tickets. They'll look at your, your, when you speed and the police officer catches you, they're going to pull up your record when they're back there at your car. And they're going to say, oh, well, he ain't had no ticket in, in, in 20, 25 years. But if they see that you have a slew of tickets and have had to go to driving school, they, they're not going to let you off with a warning. <laughs> they're not going to let you off with a warning. Prime example is, look at David. It says, um, David, even though David committed sin with Bathsheba, even though he committed sin, we're like, oh, wow, he had a he had he had a man's husband killed. I mean, a woman's husband killed. He, he uh, uh, committed adultery. He got a, he tried to cover up his lies. That was an isolated incident. And look at what God said. God said in first Samuel 13 and 14, he says, but now your kingdom shall not continue. And he's talking to Saul and he says that God has sought. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. So in other words, God was looking for a man and knew that that David was a man after his own heart. Even though he sinned, God, David still had the heart of God. And it says, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded. Now, in this scripture, we see two different types of character. We see a man that is after his own heart. And then we see Saul who is saying to what? You can't even keep my commandments. I've tried you over and over again, but you've proven that you don't really love me. You've proven that you cannot keep my commandments. So I've got to release you. I'm looking for a guy, a a man that is after my own heart. Let's look at what the importance of character is. And I'm laying the foundation. We're talking about character. God wants to produce his character inside of us. Um, let me go back to what is character. Um, it says our reputation is what people think of us, which may or, not, uh, which may or may not be true, but our character is who we really are. 
People can think all day long things about you. But your character really speaks who you are. Um, anybody who's been on the, um, in the workforce, you get a new job. And on that job, you'll go in and for maybe for the first 90 days or first month, oh man, you, you're the best employee ever. But let some time go by. Am I right? Then the real you begins to come out. If, if, if you're used to being late, if, if, if you have a characteristic of being late, that first month and first two months and maybe three months, you're going to be on time. But after that third month, that true character, you're going to start rolling up in there late. Or you're going to start, you know, you're one that chats on the phone. You may not be on the phone, you know, chatting to your girlfriend or your boy or, 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 or whomever, your friend. You may not pick up the phone and you say, I'm not going to deal with that. Oh, I'm working. Or, or, but let three months go by. Then the real you comes, oh, it ain't going to hurt. I'm, and before you know it, you're not getting none of your work done. The real character the, who you really are is coming out. Um, real authentic Christian character is not just a personality or disposition. It is a description of who we are as Christians. So when people look at you, can they say, I, I look, I'm looking at you. And remember what I talked about Abraham Lincoln, the tree and the shadow. When people look at your shadow, can, do you represent Christ when they look at the tree? Does your character and what you do represent Christ? Do your decisions, do your honesty represent the shadow that's being casted? Y'all following me? So the importance of character is that, first of all, it influences our choices. First Timothy said to be an example to all believers in what you teach and in the way you live in your love and your faith and your purity. We have to be an example. When people look at our shadow, when people see us, when we begin to make choices, they have to represent the father and the God whom we serve. The God whom we serve and, and I'm speaking to myself, choices that we make, we got to make sure that if I make this choice, is it going to have a bad impact on my father and whom I say I believe in, whom I say I'm serving? Praise God. Um, y'all work with me for a minute. The importance of character is character influences our choices. And let's look at Proverbs 11 and 3. And I'm not going to be long today. Proverbs 11 and 3. It says, honesty guides good people. What guides good people? Honesty guides good people. But what? Dishonesty destroys what? Treacherous people. So your character helps to guide your choices. Honesty, when you're honest, when you have a reputation or when, when your character is that of honesty, I don't care what I'm going through, I don't care what I'm dealing with, I, I choose to be honest. I'm not going to allow this situation to, it's tax time now. A lot of people, <laughs> Sister Nikki knows, 
It's tax time. You know, and, and, and I'm going I'm to just put this out here like this. Sometimes during tax time, um, some people get children that's not even theirs. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They get children that's not even theirs so they can use them as a tax write-off and get the head of household um, uh, or the earned income credit that for a child that's not even theirs. And I'm not even going to tell y'all my story about taxes. But anyway, um, I, I won't always honest on my taxes. I mean, come on, Brother Nick, you know, I mean, for real. You trying to find deductions that you don't even have. Help us, you see, see, it's the honest truth. What'd you say, Mother? Uh, (laughs) Your animals and your pets. But let me, how did I get there, y'all? I thought, oh, I'm sorry. Honesty. <laughs> how? How did I get there? Y'all so serious on me today. <laughs> See, y'all trying to be deep. Y'all know y'all been dealing with some <laughs> Y'all, Y'all know the deal. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me back this up. Wait a minute. I think it was somebody talked about one time before. You uh, go call. You you. You want a day off from work. You don't have much annual leave, but you got more sick leave than you have annual leave. Come on now. Let me go down your street. And so in order, in, instead of saying, uh, uh, I, I'm going to take, uh, I'm just going to take a me day today. You, you call him. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> I'm not going to be in today. Oh, what's wrong? You don't sound well. No, I'm not feeling well today. I need to take a day of sick leave. No doggone where you ain't seen. You get off the phone and say, yeah, that worked. <laughs> What'd you say? 24 hours. <laughs> 24 hours. <laughs> and you come back to work the next day and you fine. 24 hour bug like Nikki said. All right. Character for truthfulness. So, and, and the thing is, is that nobody was around you. No one. But you within your own home and you going to lie? So you can have a me day. Just say I'm going to have a me day. I'm tired today and I'm going to have a me day. Take your annual leave. So in other words, honesty guides us. When, 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 we're, when we have good character, when we have godly character, it will guide our choices. It will help us to make right choices. How many of us have made some bad choices I'm going to wave my hand. We've made some bad choices because of the mere fact that the character of God has not been fully developed in us. Not saying, it, it, not saying that, that we're wrong, but, but truly coming into the fullness of God. I talked about on Thursday about God desires that we uh, 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 stop drinking milk and that we receive the true meat of the word. There's times that God is saying, look, get off of the milk bottle. You've been on the milk bottle long enough. And I, I want to give you some, some good meat. I want, to, I want to grow you up. And, and when I was thinking about this is that everyone in here has somebody that's attached to them and watching them, looking at them, looking at their life, whether it be good or whether it be bad. I was speaking to someone on this week and, and I shared with them a scripture 
um, is that uh, it was it said that they will be won over by your chase conversation, by your actions. You will win people over by how you act, your character. You, you're trying to bust the door down like we were talking on Thursday. You're trying to beat this person up to make a change. But all you got to do is let God's character be exhibited in your life. Let God's character be developed in you so that it, began, it can begin to touch the people around you. So. It guides them. One of the importance of, of character is it influences our choices. It influences our choices. The next one is character determines our success. Character determines our success. Let's look at um, Genesis 39, 1 and 6. Genesis 39, 1 and 6 says, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And then it says that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was what? So he succeeded in everything. He succeeded in what? Some things. He succeeded in nothing. He succeeded. Why? Because the Lord was with them. He succeeded in everything he did as he had served in the home of the Egyptian masters. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. So not only was the Lord with Joseph, but because of the mere fact that that Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph, it says that um, it pleased. Uh, let me go back to the. It says Potiphar noticed that the Lord was with Joseph. And realize he not only noticed, but he realized. So when godly character is being exhibited in your life, the success that comes from the godly character, other people are going to notice that success. They're going to realize that there's something different about you. And then it says this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And then it says, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. And it says, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. And with Joseph there, he didn't have to worry about anything. Why? Because he knew that Joseph could handle his business. He had a character for being truthful. He had, a, he had the characteristics. And deep down within him, he, he, he would not betray the trust of Potiphar. 
And and so he said he gave him complete responsibility of everything he owned. And with Joseph there, he didn't have to worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Nothing. But this man had to worry about all he had to think about was what he was going to eat. And Joseph was very handsome and a well-built man. When we have good character, when godly character is developed inside of us, we will be successful. You're trying to push and knock down doors to be successful. But God said, just let me do a work in you. Just let me build you up. Just let me tear down some things that need to be torn down. You don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to put you in the midst of good people. I'm going to put you in the midst. And, and the thing, let me, let, me, let me backtrack about this. There, are, there is situations that some of us are in right now, and, and, and it's an opportunity for your character be, to be developed. And so your response in that is going to be how you respond and how you, you choose to deal with what you're dealing with is is going to determine your success. It's going to determine what other doors that God may open to you. Um, uh, it says to be faithful over a few things, over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many. Meaning that what right now what you're dealing with, what you what you have in your hand, what you what you uh, 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 what you're going through, be faithful over that. And then I will make you ruler over many. I'm not going to give you everything. Uh, and the thing about it is um, the scripture talks about that, that character is proven by our trials. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Gold does not become gold unless it's what? what? Unless it's refined. A diamond doesn't become a diamond unless it's what? Pressured. Pressure. 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 So the pressure, the pressure you're feeling, the pressure that you're going through, the things that you're going through is pressure because God's trying to get the diamond out of you. He's trying to get the greatness out of you. The things that you that, that you're thinking that you're feeling like is hopeless is pressure. It hurts God. But God said, just stay there. Choose me above all things. I'm trying to develop something in you. Y'all getting something? Trying to develop something in you. So when when, when we have character, character is important because it determines our success, not only in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm. In the natural realm, you want great things, then begin to to, to be a a, a woman and and, and a man of integrity. I was listening to a preacher and... um. He was talking about uh, talking about um, money, and I know we don't like to talk about money in the church. But what he was saying was he was talking about um, um, people tithing and, and, and everything like that, and we're wondering why things are going wrong. Um, and and he was saying that God is looking for managers, and so in other words, uh, uh, over in the book of Genesis, he said that. Um, God had to make man in order to manage what he had placed here on earth. And so we're looking for greater things, but can you manage what you have? 
You're looking for more and you're saying, God, bless me. God, you know, move in my life. But can you manage and handle right what you're doing now with right what you have in your hand? Or are you breaking down? Are you faithful over what you have now? Or are you saying throwing up your hands and throwing your temper tantrum before God? God, I can't. It's all right to do it. But what did I say? Character is not just one isolated incident. Do you have, when when things are going wrong, do you have a tendency and the character of backing off and, and running away from God? Or when things are going good, nothing's going on in your life, you forget about God. That's usually what happens. When everything is going good, you say, Lord, I'm good, I'm good, I don't need you. So you in and you out, you in and you out, you hot and you cold, you hot and you cold. You don't even go lukewarm. You just go from hot to cold. <laughs> Mother, I'm doing all right. <laughs> y'all, y'all serious on me today. I'm sorry. So, your success. Look at what's going on in your life. Look at how you are. Make a list. And I encourage you. Get a sheet of paper. Make a list. Make a list, not of who people see you, but who you really are behind closed doors. Who you really are behind closed doors, not just during the 10 o'clock hour when you come to open altar worship center. But when you're in your room by yourself, make a list of who you really are. So we're good at putting on a mask. We're good at putting on the game face. But it's like, who are we really? Will the real Pastor Wendy come forward? Will the real Nick Parson come forward? Yeah, we can, we can act like we don't do nothing here. But we raise hell when we get outside of here. Can I, can I just say, I, I ain't cuss, y'all. I'm keeping it real. God wants to change that. He wants you to be consistent. Even in, in, in our attitudes and in, in our emotions. He wants us to be consistent. I said that our, our character makes up what? Our emotions. It makes up our thoughts. It makes up our intents. It makes up everything of who we are. And God wants consistency. He don't want this flopping back and forth, wavering today. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm good today and I'm not good tomorrow. No, he wants consistency. So I talked about pressure. Next point is character What? Character. The importance of character, it determines our success. The next one is character, what? Gives us hope. How in the world can character give us hope? Let's look at, and that's not the scripture I wanted. Uh, Let's look at Romans 5 and 35. Let me pull that up right quick. Romans 5 and 35. Romans 5 and 35 says, is it Romans? 
Hold on. Five, five and three, three and five. I'm sorry. Y'all looking like, ain't no 35 verses in the chapter of Romans. No, I didn't write no different book. <laughs> Only Nick. No, I didn't write no different book, Nick. <laughs> Romans 5, 3 and 5 says that we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they are good for us. We can, re- we can do what? We can rejoice. When we run into problems and trials, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation version. Sister Julie, can you go grab Thomas, please? Um, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us to learn and endure. It develops in us. They help us to learn and to endure. And then it says, verse 4, it says, an endurance develops strength of character in us. No, it, don't, it doesn't develop strength of character in us. Pull up Romans um, uh, 5, 3, and 5, uh, Thomas, New Living Translation. It says that endurance develops strength of character. So endurance, meaning that you're willing to endure what you're, what you're going through. You're willing to endure because you know that it, it develops strength of character. And then it says, and character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. Um, there's another translation that says character produces hope. And, and, and it says, and this expectation will not disappoint us. So in other words, our hope will not disappoint us. So when, when, when we allow ourselves to be pressured, when we allow ourselves and we, we hold up under the pressure, it's going to produce godly character inside of us. Go to verse 3. It's going to produce godly character in us. We can rejoice. How many, I'm, I don't know about you, but when I enter into a trial, there ain't no rejoicing. Y'all, Lord, thank you for the trial. Do y'all do that? When you, when you account a hard situation, Lord, I just thank you because this is going to produce. No, we don't, see, we don't see it as that. And so whatever we go through, we have to ask God, okay, Lord, what are you trying to develop inside of me? What are you trying to get me to see through this situation? But a lot of times we get so caught up in the situation that we feel that God is trying to produce and bring something out of us. Um, this little, this bottle of anointing oil, this bottle of anointing oil was, was olives. But in order for it to become oil, it had to be pressed. It had to be pressured. It had to go through a refining process. And so when you're being pressured, God wants to get the glory out of you. God wants to put an anointing inside of you. God wants to place some things inside of you. Endure the pressure so that you could become what God wants you to be. The pressure. The pressure. We can know, we can, we can say, God, look, I know that you're going to bring me out. The hope that I have is that, God, this is not until death. 
You got to see it as that and say, Lord, I know. I know that greater things are coming because I'm your child. You got to begin to speak to yourself. Speak to yourself. I'm your, I, look, I talk, I, when the last time I spoke, I talked about putting the demand and activating God's word. How do we activate God's word? By speaking his word over our life, confessing it, believing it. Praise God. Allow yourself to be, go through the pressure. Allow yourself and ask God, God, what is it that you want me to do? And I guarantee you, that the list I told you to make earlier, you can check one of those things off of your list for every trial, every situation that you go, that you go through. I, I look at my life now, and my life is what it is because of the things that I've gone through. Amen. You see me now, but you didn't see me when I was laying on church benches crying because my heart was broken. You see me now. When I thought that life was not worth living 20 years ago, feeling like that I couldn't make it another day. But you see me now. And you don't know that I felt hopeless. You don't know that my heart was broken. But I endured up under the pressure. I never forget it. For two months straight, I went and laid on the church benches because that was the only way that I could make it through. I would go to work and come and, and, and I was gracefully enough given a key to the church that I was going to. And I laid on the church benches every single day. And saying, God, if you don't do this for me, if you don't turn this thing around, Lord, I need you. Didn't understand it. But my choice was to fall on, put myself on the altar of God and saying, God, work this thing out in me. My choice was to say, God, for you I live and for God I die. Everybody was speaking in my ear telling me what I should do. Girl, you ain't got to deal with that. Girl, you ought to do this. And I said, no, I'm going to block out the voices because the only voice that I want to hear is the voice of God. Ah, glory. It's the only voice that you want to hear. The voice is it is the voice of God the only voice that you want to hear? Ah. And so who I am today is because I was willing to be like the like the like the olive oil. I was willing to be pressed so that the anointing of God could come forth in my life. You want to be anointed? Be ready to go through some things. You want to be used of God? Be ready to go through some things. How many of you want to be used of God? I know I do. I want God. And God wants to use us. We are his mouthpieces. And I'm getting ready to close. My last thing is, during this sermon series, we have to look at our foundation. Look at our foundation. Luke says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. Verse 48, it says, it is like a building 
a person building a house who digs deep. He digs what? Shallow. Shallow. Surface. Deep. Dig deep. God's trying to build a house and he wants to dig deep in you. He wants to go deep. No more surface. He's trying to get those deep things up out of you. So in order to lay this foundation, he's got to go deep and pull out some things. And lays the foundation on solid rock. When they were building the houses around where I live at, I saw those guys out there. uh, uh, They had a little backhoe and they were digging a deep trench. A deep trench. In order to lay, first of all, the cinder blocks. They had to dig deep. It says, so when the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm. Why? Because it's well built. When trials come your way and God digs deep and gets that foundation right in you, you're going to be able to withstand some things when trials come. It stands firm. You're not going to be tossed and torn by everything. And then it says, but anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. Have you tried to build some things on a, on a bad foundation? A bad foundation. And when the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. The importance of a good foundation. Gabe, you can just play some chords or whatever. Listen to this. When I looked at what the importance of a good foundation Meant. Why is it so important to have a good foundation? It says the foundation is the most important part of an entire building. It's not what you see. It's not all the beauty, but it's the foundation. It's the most important part of the building. And it says the biggest reason for this is that Any mistakes that are made in the foundation will only get worse as you go up. If your foundation is not good, then as you go up, it only gets worse. And what happens is it's called a compounding effect. So in other words, you're compounding bad against bad, bad on top of bad, bad. A compounding effect. It only gets worse. So you're trying to build something on top of something that's already bad. And God said, let's start it all over again. Let me break up this foundation. So we can get this thing right.
I want to get it right. You got cracks in your building. Look at the foundation. Windows won't close. The foundation. Doors keep just leaning open. The foundation. I want to break the foundation up. The foundation not only helps to support the building and make the building last, but it also helps from allowing moisture and things to seep into the home. If your foundation is not good, There's things that's going to seep in and ruin the house. Mold. You ever been in a house where there's mold? The foundation. Somewhere or another, something has seeped in. What has seeped into your life? Because of your foundation. is not developed overnight but it takes time it takes time be okay with it I talked about David you may mess up but one thing about it if we get off track we just gotta have a heart to get back on track Some of us in here, and you can stand to your feet now. Some of us in here, there's some things because of our foundation has seeped in. And I talked about earlier, when we get off track, Every moral fiber within us has to say, Lord, I messed up. Lord, help me to get back on track. Because the real important thing is you. It ain't other people. It ain't other things. It's you. Taking responsibility for you. You can't take responsibility for nobody else and their actions. But you can take responsibility for you. Character. Character. How many are willing to admit, God, there's some things on my foundation. No matter of fact, my foundation, I've got some cracks and some, my foundation is messed up. I need you to do some things to my foundation. I know some things have already been built on the foundation, but Lord, this right here needs to get fixed. And so sometimes, hallelujah. And my sister, she had to have it done. There are times, hi, there are times that a part of the house may be leaning, a part of the house may be not sitting level. And so what they have to do is they go in and they jack that part of the house up and fix that area of the foundation so it would be more secure in that area. 
So God said, let me fix this part of your foundation. Or, y'all ever seen where they move a house from one house to another? One spot to another, excuse me? And they build a new foundation. They don't move the foundation where the house was sitting on, but they put it on a new foundation. Maybe, hallelujah, there's some things. Maybe you've already got a house built, but you're saying, God, I need for you to move me to another foundation. Our character. We want God to be pleased with us. We don't want him to look at us. And saying, that's not my child. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just close our eyes right now.